This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Amen. 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 Well, hey, why don't you go ahead and say hi to someone. Welcome someone to church as you take a seat today. Can we give it up for the team as well for leading us so well? Come on. Well, turn with me if you have your Bible to Romans 12. Romans 12. We're going to be jumping in. We have finished up our series called God in Your DM. We are now just doing a, a one-off message. So you get me for a one-off message. My name is Matt Lito. I'm on staff here at Nova. And uh, if you're new or visiting, even watching online, we're so grateful that you've joined us today. We're so glad that you're here. However it is that you came to find out about us or or make your way in. We know that it is no small deal. And just like Matt and Jordy said, we love that you're here. We would love to put something in your hands. So make sure you go out to Guest Central afterwards. If you're online, text the word online to the number 902-903-2682. We would love to connect with you and uh, help you connect with our church and the journey that we believe God is walking with you. So uh, welcome again. We're glad that you're here. Is anyone enjoying the fall? Anyone? Anyone enjoying the fall weather? Or are, we, are we pretty much like done with fall because we know what's coming after, right? Like uh, I was raking up leaves the other day. Did you know that leaves have mold in them? So when you rake them up, you get a stuffy nose. Uh, but also if you have a stuffy nose, you're kind of like a leper these days. So like if, if you hear a little congestion, it's just the leaves, okay? I promise. I promise you. But hey, we're going to read Romans 12. Why don't you go ahead and flip there? We're going to read it together. It says this. And this is Paul writing to the church in Rome. We're going to read it together right here. It says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Now, that's strong language for any verse, but pleading. We, we have an image of Paul literally begging, please, please listen to what I'm saying to you. That is the strength of Paul talking to this church. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Paul is saying, everything that you are, all that you are in your being, including your body, give it to God. Let it be a holy and pleasing sacrifice to him, a living sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship him. And then look at this. This is a, if you need a verse to live in the modern world, <laughs> this is it. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Would you pray with me today as we understand this scripture and look at this idea? I want to title this message, I Have Decided. I Have Decided. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it is living and active, that it is powerful. God, that whenever we open it and we are searching for you, you reveal yourself. And so, Father, we pray right now, in this moment, in this room and online, that you would reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, um, has anyone ever noticed uh, that you, you, you start to realize how much more important choices are the older that you get? 
You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you're 18, you're like, choices don't matter. I'm invincible, right? Driving my car at 6,000 RPM when it's a Geo Metro is fine, right? Like I don't need to sleep. I'll stay up for three days and then go to work, right? Like choices, you're like, they, they just don't matter. But the older you get, right, you, you start to notice. For example, you sleep on a futon one time in your 30s. And you wake up and you're like, did I slip a disc in my back? Like, you're like, when did that happen? That was a, a bad choice, right? Or like, for example, when you're in your 30s, you're like, I might have three cookies instead of just one cookie. And then the next day you're like, ah, that was a bad choice, right? Because you start to realize that the choices that you make actually matter. And this can be no more true than in the, in the case of food. You know what I'm talking about? I've started to realize that the choices that I make about food matter for how I feel and my physical health. But also, if I don't make choices early in the day and just tell my family what we're eating, you know where I'm going with this? All right, show of hands, anyone who knows where I'm going with this, you, you haven't made a plan about food and then you talk to your spouse and you'd say the critical words, where do you want to eat? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, you realize what you've just done. And it's like slow motion as your spouse turns to you and goes, I don't care wherever. And you're like, what have I done? Right? Like, it's a trap. I've just walked into this trap. Because then... And like, hey, if, they, if that's you and like you're, you're sitting there right now and you're like, no, 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 honey, I love it. I love going through restaurants in Halifax for 30 minutes. Keeps me sharp. Like, that's great. You keep that up. But for me, I'm like, I've just, I've just given up on listing restaurants altogether. Because it starts with like, you want pizza? And it's like, no, I don't really feel like pizza. And you're like, okay, okay. Well, like, hey, what, what about like, I don't know, you want blue elephant, like Thai food? No, I don't feel like Thai food. And you're like, okay, what about like, uh, you know, red saute? You want some pho or anything like that? No, I'm not really feeling that. And you're like, okay, what do you feel like? I don't know, just pick something, right? And you're like, I don't understand what you're asking me to do. I can't read your mind. But eventually you, you go through a 30 minute conversation where you've listed every single restaurant that you can remember in the HRM. You've just given up and gone to cuisines, right? You're like East Asian, Southeast Asian, European, Italian, African food, any African food that you'd be interested in. You've just, you've gotten hopeless. And then your spouse finally turns to you 30 minutes later and you know, they go, I guess we should just get pizza. And you're like, oh, 30 minutes of my life are gone and I'm never getting them back. But I started to realize, this is, and this is interesting, the later it is in the day, the more limited your choices are, right? And the more hungry you are, have you ever noticed that you start to make worse choices when it comes to food? Uh, like, does, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, at, at 9 a.m., if you're like, hey, what are we doing for dinner tonight? You're probably going to the grocery store and buying something relatively healthy, right? If you wait till 12, it's like, I don't know, maybe like pick up some chicken fingers and fries or one of those like barbecue chicken type things or whatever. By one o'clock, you're like, what restaurant are we going to? You've given up on cooking. It's too late in the day. But by 4.30, it's pretty much McDonald's or Subway, Right? You want something fast and convenient and easy, and is it healthy? No, but that's not the point. The point is it's going to fill you up, right? And isn't it also interesting that God, when he put us together, made us in his image, meaning that we're not just physical bodies where hunger comes from, but that we also have a soul and a spirit that also needs nourishment. 
It needs nourishment in the same way that our stomach needs nourishment. But what can also happen when it comes to our spiritual nourishment is that we can wait and wait and wait until we're starving for something to satisfy us on the inside. When God knit us together, he said, this is the way to live. This is what's gonna bring you satisfaction and fulfillment and purpose. This is what's gonna make you feel the best. But we wait and we wait and we wait until we're like, just give me anything that will give me joy, satisfaction, fulfillment in any way. And when you're hungry, you pick what is fast and convenient even when it's not healthy. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, like where you kind of like get home and you're like, man, it's been a long day. I'll just, I'll just scroll through Instagram for how long has it been? An hour. Where did that hour go? Cause you're eating junk food. <laughs> like I'll just watch one show on Netflix and like midnight rolls around. And you're like, I was tired at seven 30 and I pushed through to watch a show for no reason. No, just me? Okay, well, I'm just confessing things to you now. People are like, this guy's the pastor? Good grief. No, no, no one relates to this. That's totally fine. I'm just gonna keep talking on these examples that no one's re resonating with. But here's the thing, guys. When we fill ourselves with that, it does not nourish us. And we can have the best intentions of being a Christian. When we made a decision to follow Jesus, if you're in this room and you follow Jesus, that means that you said, I have made a decision to follow Jesus. I want to follow him. And when we walk out of the room, if we are not careful, we can continue to make decisions that actually pull us away from him. When we make a decision to follow Jesus, what we're actually saying yes to is a whole bunch of other little decisions that make us be with him, become like him, and do what he did. The other word for that is discipleship. When we say, I have decided to follow Jesus, what we're saying is, I will be your disciple. I will follow you. I will do what you ask me to do. I will be obedient to what it is that you ask me to do because I believe that you put me together as a person. You knit me together. You know what is best for me and you offer it to me freely through Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna step into that life. I'm going to decide to follow you. And that's Sunday and we're like, whoa, kale salad, feeling healthy. And maybe we got enough for Monday. We're like, oh, I'll just have some of these leftovers from church. Man, was, whew, he was passionate up there talking about kale salad. And we're good for like a day or two days, but then Tuesday rolls around and your week's been long and maybe your boss yelled at you or whatever the case is. And so you're like, ah, do I want to read my Bible or do I just want to scroll? This is easier. This is fast. This is convenient. Because we waited till we got hungry to choose what we were gonna consume. We need to decide before we hit the hunger. We need to make a decision when we are still full that I am going to follow Jesus and this is how I'm going to do it. We need to meal plan our spiritual life. And if you're like, well, I like the organic version of a relationship with Jesus where I'm just you know, shooting from the hip. Worship when I like it, do devotionals when I like it, read my Bible when I like it, pray when I like it. I hate to say it, but you're probably going to choose things that are a little bit easier. Because I also hate to say it, but did you know that sometimes following Jesus feels like what Paul's talking about, dying? <laughs> you're like, whoa, that's not encouraging. No, 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 think about it. Wake up in the morning at 6 a.m. and pull out your Bible instead of your phone. Just do it. Just try it, right? 
and you're like, this isn't as fun as Instagram. This is a little bit more boring. But I'm deciding because I know that it's healthy. We need to make the decision when we're full so that when we get hungry, we choose not just our desire, but what we know is healthy. Does this make sense? Does this resonate? We need to be making good decisions. Discipleship to Jesus is all about making decisions to be with him, become like him, and do what he did. And the decisions that we make day to day, not just the big decisions, but the little decisions too, those decisions are critical. Why? Why is it important to make good decisions when following Jesus? Well, first of all, decisions define. Decisions define who you are as a person. You are the sum of the decisions that you've made in your life. The reason that you're here is because of how you have lived for your entire life. The decisions that you've made. And you know, maybe you started off, you were not making good decisions. Maybe you're currently not making good decisions. Here's the good news. The grace of God is bigger than your bad choice. The grace of God is bigger than any bad decision that you could make. C.S. Lewis says that the most progressive person is the one who realizes they're on the wrong path and turns around the soonest. So here's the thing. I'm not saying, hey, if you're too far gone, you're too far gone, right? That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that God wants to come into your life and help turn you to the decisions that are going to lead you into life and life abundant like he promises, that are going to lead you to fulfillment and satisfaction and joy and purpose in him. Instead of just fast food that feels good for like five minutes and then it actually doesn't do anything for you. We need to make good decisions because they define who we are. And you're not your best decision or your worst decision. You are all the decisions that you make. See, sometimes we think with decisions, it's all about the big stuff, right? Who you marry, yeah, that's important. Having kids, super important. Don't, 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 don't rush into that one, all right? Take some time, like think about it, right? The car that you get, the house that you get, the job that you get, we think that's all important stuff, and it is. But in order for those decisions To actually be supported, we need to have thousands and thousands of little decisions a day that define who we are. See, we can come into church and be like, I am in church following Jesus. And then we walk out of here and we're like, but I also kind of like, I don't want to let this thing go. I'm just not ready to hand that over to Jesus. Like I'm good with his forgiveness, but I'm not cool with lordship just, just yet. And we made the big decision to follow Jesus. We put our hand up in the service. We got baptized. But the way that we live is not becoming like Jesus, being with Jesus and doing what he did. Our decisions are actually leading us further from the likeness and image of God than toward the likeness and image of God. And again, the grace of God is bigger than your failure, bigger than your mistake. It's bigger than anything like that. But we need to recognize the decisions that we make are important. They are forming us. They are shaping us. The thousands of choices that you make a day are important for who you're becoming. The choice to wake up in the morning and either reach for your phone or reach for a Bible will play a role in who you're becoming as a person. The choice to go and eat a healthy breakfast or grab breakfast on the road will play a role in who you're becoming as a person. The way that you talk to your kids, joyfully, not joyfully, will play a role in who you're becoming as a person. So what we then need to do is every time we reach a decision, 
where we go, do I act like this or act like this? We as Christians need to be making the decision to follow Jesus in that choice. In the Old Testament, God says to the nation of Israel, I set before you blessing and curse. And what he's saying by that is the curse is sin. <laughs> you want to live in sin, that, I'll, okay, I'll let you. I'll let you live in sin. I'll let you feel the consequence of sin. Read the book of Judges. You see just how bad it gets. But he also says, but I also have blessing. So when you come to the coworker that everyone's talking about, you choose not to engage. When you're frustrated, justly so, at the way things are going with the government, you choose to not engage, to not feed bitterness, to not feed all that sort of stuff. When, when, when someone is, you know, you, you, you wanna look at that thing or do that thing, fill in the blank. Every choice that we make pushes us towards Jesus or away from Christ's likeness. And if we do enough of it, it starts to change who we are as a person. Decisions define. What Paul is talking about in this verse is he's actually calling on them to change the way that they're living. That word transform is metamorpho in the Greek. Two words, meta, which means change after being with, and morpho, which means uh, changing form and keeping with inner reality. What he's saying there is the way that you change, the way that you're transformed by the renewing of your mind is being with Jesus, which changes you from the inside out. So we need to make the decision in everything that we do. Be with Jesus. Become like Jesus. Do what Jesus did. This is what we are called to do. When it comes to making decisions like getting up early and having a devotional, spending time in prayer, praying for a coworker instead of joining in the gossip, serving in church, being part of a Nova group, these are all decisions where we gotta say, am I deciding to do this or am I deciding not to do this? Which one am I doing? We need to choose. And we need to recognize that choice will form us on the inside. They shape us in who we are as a person, either into the image and likeness of Christ or away from the likeness and image of Christ. The second thing is that decisions defend. Decisions can actually defend you. They can keep you safe. Making a safe decision keeps you safe, not because it keeps you from the bad thing, but because it keeps you in the good thing sometimes. One of the best strategies of the enemy, and hold on tight because we're going to talk about the devil for a second. All right? One of the best strategies of the enemy is to make you go, oh, that's just superstition. The devil? No, no, no. God and angels. I believe in God and angels 100%. But the devil, I mean, come on. It's 2021. Let's get past the superstitions a little, right? And some of that comes from like 90s church culture a little bit. I grew up in it where like your car doesn't start on the way to work and you're like, this is the work of Satan. Like this, I'm under spiritual attack. Or you go and open your leftovers in the fridge and like they're a little bit moldy and you're like, mold? Hasatan, that's what this is right here. This is the devil. I am being attacked right now. Probably not, right? Like that's probably just leaving your groceries in the fridge for too long. And, and, and you know, it's probably that you need to just get maintenance on your car because things break down. It's probably not the devil. But do you know how he does attack? through lies. The primary strategy of the enemy is lies. In fact, Jesus calls him the father of lies, almost as an insult to the Pharisees, which is hilarious. Highly recommend you read it. Great scene. But Jesus 
calls Satan the enemy of lies. What is happening there is that Jesus is recognizing that Satan is a very real person who is the enemy of your soul. He says that he's the thief that comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And how does he do it? He doesn't do it through a rock or a stick. You see, if you go look at Adam and Eve in the garden, Satan doesn't like come up behind Eve and then just like, you know, like that's not what happens. He's not just trying to hurt them. He's trying to mislead them away from the image of God that they were made in. So what does he say? Did God really say? Did God really say? <laughs> 2021, have we, have we heard that at all? Did God really say? Does it really say in God's word? Are you really following the Bible in 2021? I mean, come on. Does that sound familiar? And that's what he says to Adam and Eve. Did God really say that you shouldn't eat from that tree? And Eve's like, oh, yeah, he did. In fact, he said that we would die if we did. And look what he does. He goes, no, you won't die. God just doesn't want you to be like him. So he's lying to you. He's holding out on you. He's trying to hold you back from the good stuff in life. Does that sound familiar? Where we, we talk about sin and we're like, oh my gosh, talking about sin again. It's just pretty much restriction where I can't do what I want. Yes, because it's holding you in life. And sin is the thief that comes and steals and kills and destroys. And it's not like Satan's like, hey, you know what you should do? Cheat on your wife. Have an affair. And we're like, okay, right? Like, that's not how it works. Do you know what he does? He goes, Hey, this is a really good show. And you know what? Who cares if it has a little content in it? You're a good Christian. You can handle it. And then all of a sudden, it's, you know, hey, you've had a long day. Why don't you just unwind on Instagram? Oh, and by the way, Kelly, you remember that girl? Yeah, she's on Instagram now. And yeah, she's, you know, a fitness model, but that's not your fault. You didn't go looking for it. And hey, your feed's starting to get a little boring. So why don't we go into the Explore feed? Just see what's in there. You know, find some cool new stuff. And hey, that girl walking down the street, you look all you want. It's just looking. <laughs> it's not, you're not cheating. And by the way, what she's wearing, she clearly wants you to. And you know what? It's just some flirting. It's just, it's just flirting, okay? Just because things have gotten a little boring at home, right? Like the romance... I mean, you're committed, but there's no spark. This is fun. This is, this is just innocent. You know what? Look at that thing on your computer because no one's, no one's going to know. You can just delete. No one's going to know. No, it's not going to hurt anyone because no one's ever going to find out. And by the way, like, I don't know if you noticed, but you're not really being fulfilled in your marriage anymore. And the flirting's working pretty good. So, why don't you just take what you deserve? You deserve to be loved. You deserve to be cherished. And you're not getting that at home, so just take it. Do you see how that works? Little bit by little bit by little bit. When we're Christians, we can call this compromise. When you're not following Jesus, it's just decisions. But when we make decisions to buy into the lies of the enemy, little by little by little by little, it moves us away from the likeness and image of God. But look what happens when we surrender that process and we allow our decisions to defend us. 
when we have been spending time in the word, when we've been spending time with Jesus, being with him, becoming like him, doing what he did, you know what that looks like? It looks like, hey, you should watch that show. And yeah, there's some explicit content in it, but I mean, you're a good Christian, right? So you can handle it. And it means that you go, well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. I've decided to follow Jesus. I decided to follow Jesus, not my desire. And you know what Jesus says? It says in the word to guard your heart above all else because it's the wellspring of life and from it, all the issues of flow. So I'm not gonna let that into my heart. I'm not gonna embrace that. Matthew 7, 24 to 27 says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. I want that kind of life. I need to follow the words of Jesus because that's what's gonna get me through the storm. That's what's gonna get me through when my marriage does get stale. That's what's gonna get me through when things get hard in life. I need to be standing with Jesus because that's where I am firm and secure. It's not over here. This is, this is, this is foolishness. This is like building on sand. It's gonna collapse. It's gonna literally fall apart. But with Jesus, with Jesus, I am secure. I am firm. I have something lasting. We need to be defended by it. It's not that you're bad because you sin. You're a person because you sin. You're just a human. But here's the beauty is that God loves us so much that he was like, I don't want sin on you. Because sin robs you. It's, it sucks. It actually is defeating you. It's, it's taking away from you. I want you to choose life and life abundant. I set before you blessing and curses. Choose life. It's like Paul at the beginning of this is pleading with them, please lay down your desires. Lay down the way you used to do things. Lay down what culture says because it's killing you. It's robbing you. It's defeating you. Be defended by your choice to follow Jesus, to be with him, become like him, and do what he did. Lay down your lives and be transformed. This is the call of the gospel. And here's the beauty. Your decisions direct you. And this is what we're talking about when it comes to meal planning. What we're saying is when you make that decision to follow Jesus, it should be a no-brainer that you don't watch that thing or look at that thing or do that thing. If you're struggling, don't struggle in secret, by the way. Bring it to the light. You're in a community of people who love you and want to see you over there, standing with Jesus, being like Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing what he did. Don't let sin rob you. Don't let secret sin rob you. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. They won't like you. They'll judge you. They'll turn on you. They won't ask you to serve anymore. And we're like, well, okay, I'll just get over it, I guess. I've only been struggling with it for 10 years, so this is the year. No, <laughs> we just need to turn ourselves to Jesus. When we make the decision to follow him, all the small decisions that we make either support that decision or they take away from it. Some of us, the reason why we're still struggling to follow Jesus is because we put up our hand. We said, yes to this. I want that. I want the life with Jesus, but I'm going to live like this. And I'm going to ask God to forgive me. And, and why isn't it working? Six years in, why do I not feel closer to God? Three years in, why do I not feel closer to God? Why do I not feel more love of God? Why, do I, why am I not like him? 
And it comes down to the small decisions day to day. We need to decide and let our decision direct our action. What it means is going, you know what? And, and we see this every year with like New Year's, right? We make a New Year's resolution. This is the year that I get in shape. So I'm just gonna go eat a bunch of chocolate and not go to the gym. But I made a decision. That makes no sense. I need to make small decisions that support my initial decision. If I'm gonna get in shape, I need to stop eating junk. I need to start exercising. I need to get on a fitness plan and I need to make decisions when I have willpower and strength, not when I'm hungry. Does anyone disagree? You're like, yeah, no, that's, that's a logical thing. If I'm going to follow Jesus well, I need to have a plan. I need to have a way that I'm going. I need to have some structure. I need to have spiritual disciplines in my life so that I can say no to the junk that tries to get in. It's the same principle, but it applies to our spirit and our soul instead of just to our bodies. Church, I plead with you, lay down your lives. Lay down your bodies as living sacrifice. Take an audit of your life and go, what decisions am I making day in, day out, out of habit that maybe need to change? Maybe I don't need to watch four hours of Netflix and be on my phone for three hours on Instagram and then say I don't have 30 minutes to do a devotional. Maybe I do have time. Maybe I need to shift my priorities and make a decision to follow Jesus. And hey, if you're in this room and you made that decision and you haven't been baptized, baptism is the public confession of what's happening on the inside. And so if you wanna be baptized, we're doing it in two weeks. Sometimes we resist baptism, almost like we think it's like a cleansing of our sin, like we go under the water and it's like, bloop, no more sin anymore. And we're like, I'm not at that point, so I don't know if I can do it. That's not what baptism is. What baptism is, is standing in a tank, in our case, in front of a bunch of people, saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. That's my big decision. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna relate to him by going all the way under the water. I'm gonna surrender my whole life and my whole body, like Paul said in Romans 12. I'm going under the water and I'm gone. I am relating to his death on the cross. And when I'm under there, I'm relating to him being in the grave. And when I come up, I'm a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. But church, as a community, I need you to help me live it out. I need you to help me with the small decisions. And when I start to make these kind of decisions, just with love and grace, go, no, no, come, come, come back, 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 back. Hold on. Well, that decision's bankrupting you. That's robbing you. Not judgmentally, not as a Pharisee. But as someone who loves you and is going, no, no, you decided. You decided to follow Jesus. Let's make the small decisions that help you be with him, become like him, do what he did. We're gonna be dedicating children. Is that an incantation where we put blessing on the kid and we're like, and now you will be the next prophet of Canada. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. That's not what we're doing. That's why I don't know. It's not an incantation. It's not some like magical formula. What we're saying as parents is, I am committing to raise this child. I'm making a decision to help this child be with Jesus, become like Jesus and do what he did. I want to raise this child in a way that they become like Jesus. So that when they're 60 years old, they're way closer to this 
then made all of these decisions that led them to this. And I need your help. The reason we do this together is because we are a community. We need to hold each other accountable. We need to help each other out. As a parent, I need you to encourage me. I need you to go, you got this. Your kid will stop screaming for no reason and waking up at four o'clock in the morning. It will happen. I need you to go, yeah, I understand they said they don't want to come to church, but you know what? They don't really understand yet. Just keep praying. I'm praying for them too. What we need is people who are like, you know what? I know your kid's coming over to my house and I'm okay with my older kids watching that movie, but I know that you have said that you are raising your child to follow Jesus. So if that gets in the way, they're not gonna watch that movie. I need to be able to trust my kid at sleepovers at your house, church. That's why we do this together. Otherwise, we'd be like, go get baptized in your bathtub. Take care of it on your own. Because it's not just a personal faith. It's a community faith. Our decisions direct us into community because that's the way God created us for relationship. So if you want to be baptized, if you want to take that step, if you want to say, I have decided to follow Jesus, to lay down my life as a living sacrifice, to be transformed by the renewing of my mind as a process of being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus and doing what he did, could you sign up for that in the lobby afterwards? We would love to baptize you. We would love to help you start that journey to make the big decision that can direct the small decisions. We would love to help you get your child dedicated in church and help you as a parent and walk that journey out with you. So would you do that? And lastly, and I know that we've gone a little long. I'm about to wrap up, I promise. Landing the plane, the wheels are out. If you're in this room, and you're not following Jesus. But you've come into this place because you're like, yeah, my decisions have led me to a place where I need answers, where I need solutions. I am struggling. I, I'm not even enjoying who I am right now. I, I, I just, I know there's something missing. Can I tell you the, the beauty of Jesus? Is that even while we were still sinners, when I was a sinner, when Alex was a sinner, when everyone on this stage was a sinner, Jesus Christ died for us. He knew what we were gonna do and he did it anyway. Hebrews 12 says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You're the joy, you're the joy. He wants to have a life with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He puts you together, he knows what you need. Stop filling ourselves with the fast food of the world that promises to be nourishing and fulfilling, but actually it's just disappointing. And I invite you to accept Jesus, to put your faith and trust in him, to say, I'm going to decide to follow him and live his way because I want to be the house on the rock, not the house on the sand. He loves you. He died on the cross so that your sin would no longer stand between you and God. Your sin is washed clean because of what he did on the cross. And he rose from the grave so that you could experience new life, so that you could actually start to have power over your decisions, not to be led by your desires and a slave to sin, but alive in the power of God. That's what's offered to you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, just for the sake of privacy, nothing spooky or super spiritual going on, just so that people feel comfortable. If that's you, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to decide to follow him today, could you just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. 
I see that hand. Anyone else today? You want to decide to follow Jesus. The first big decision and a lot of small decisions to come. The beginning of the journey, the starting line. Anyone else? Father God, I thank you so much. You see these hands. You see people who are saying, I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to give my life to you. Lay my life down as a living sacrifice, like Paul says. I want to accept your forgiveness for what you did for me on the cross. I want to accept the new life that you got me when you rose from the grave. Lord, I pray that you would help these people step into lordship in their life, that they would put their trust in you, that they would decide to follow you in everything that they do. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Come on, can we give it up for these people who lifted their hands? Come on, that's a huge decision, huge decision. Well, church, I'm long-winded, but I'm passionate, and I plead with you, choose life. So I'm gonna just bless you, and we're gonna be back next week, right back here. Remember, if you wanna get baptized, sign up. If you wanna get your child dedicated, sign up in the lobby. We would love to connect with you. Be blessed, church. In the name of Jesus, have a great day. See you next week.